This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Do you ever feel like your business is running you instead of you running the business? Of course, we've all been there. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And on today's episode, we are going to talk with contractor coach and speaker Tom Reber. Now, sometimes the business we end up with isn't exactly the business we imagined when we started. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk with Tom about how you regain control of your business and how you create the business that you've always wanted or the business that you've always dreamed of. After building and selling a successful contracting business, Tom now coaches contractors to achieve greater wealth, freedom, and an unshakable company culture. Tom's approach is unique. You'll notice that when we talk. Um, He's a tough guy, and he doesn't take any kind of BS, not from himself or from the people that he works with. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. Let's get to it. All right, Tom, welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. I'm uh, really glad to have you here today. I know we're going to talk about some heavy stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate you having me, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm great. Tom, give everybody, uh, give everybody like the 60-second version of, of your story before we start. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, not a problem. I appreciate that. So, you know, I grew up uh, outside of Chicago, a uh, little, well, not little anymore, but a town called Wheaton, Illinois, and uh, grew up in the trades. My dad was a tile guy. My uncle's a painting contractor. You know, long story short, ended up uh, joining the Marines, got out of the Marines, went to work for my uncle, uh, running his crews and things like that. Eventually started my own painting business. We grew from nothing to over 300 projects a year. Uh, and then uh, eight or nine years into it, and we, we grew to those 300 plus jobs in the first three years or so. So it was pretty, pretty quick growth. Realized that I wanted to have more of an impact uh, in the world. You know, I did a lot of soul searching and some things like that. And I, um, you know, as we were building our business, people were approaching me and asking for help and asking me to speak at events and things like that. And it kind of, um, you know, the business coach I was working with at the time actually asked me to be part of his team. And it just kind of, my, my pilot light was lit for speaking and coaching and mentoring. And, and so about 10 years into it, I sold my half of the business and moved on. And now I work with uh, contractors everywhere from, you know, a million a year to, you know, some over 40 million a year and helping them basically uh, get their heads right and have, uh, have the business that they planned on having when they first opened up. That's awesome. I, I like what you just said helping them have the business they planned on when they started the business. Cause a lot of times the business we end up with, it doesn't look anything like what we had in mind when we started. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I've since moved to uh, Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado, and I, I live here now and I coach high school football and I, I, a lot of what I do relate, I relate through, through high school football. You know, we have a game plan every week and, 
you know, whether you're in, in combat or you're playing a sport or, you know, like, what is it? Mike Tyson once said, everyone's got a plan until I punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of business, right? You start out, you think everything's going to go great. And, you know, there'll be some hard times, but it's usually way harder than you think it's going to be. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, we, we build something that doesn't look like what we wanted. And that, to me, is, is not success. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that's part of the reason why we do the Wealthy Contractor podcast, because it's it, we call it, uh, you know, I, I was somebody asked me about this the other day and, and, you know, they kind of focused on the word wealthy and they said, well, why are you so focused on money? And I said, well, yes, we are very focused on money because we go into business. I mean, if you're not in business to earn a profit, then you don't belong. You don't belong in business. But profit also leads to, of course, financial wealth for you, your family, your stakeholders, the people that are involved, but also time wealth. You know, I, I think mm -hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of the, the, the guys, I'm sure when we get into this, one of the, the things that we're going to discover from, you know, somebody that's a coach to contractors is as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we probably spend a whole lot of time doing things that we should not be doing. And because of that, uh, the business becomes hard. It becomes ugly. It doesn't become what we want it to be. It doesn't make as much money. And so if we can also be wealthy with our time, how cool would that be, right? Doing the right things, doing the things that excite us, that energize us, that really move the ball forward. And then also with relationships, wealthy with relationships. I mean, how do we get to spend time with people that we really like? That includes people in the office that we spend all day with. And then, you know, the people that we spend time with outside of the office. And then, you know, the, and then the last area is kind of like, what's your bigger dream for your life? What's your bigger purpose? You know, for some people, it's giving back. For some people, it's going around the world and traveling. For some people, it's coaching, you know their kids soccer games or football games it's giving you the ability to do all of the things that you want to want to do in life we start a business with with all these dreams in mind right and um and i think one of the biggest problems that we have as contractors and business owners in general is that we we get into this i have to state of mind i have to serve a certain customer i have to build a business that works a certain or looks a certain way and on and on and and when they're not really consistent with who we are and who we want to be. So that's, that's what we're about changing first and foremost. Yeah, I love that. So, Tom, you know, what I really want to focus in on with you is coaching is pretty intimate work. I have had coaches off and on for many, many years, probably God, probably over 20 years was when I first, you know, when I was in business, I first discovered this idea of having a coach. And it's a pretty intimate relationship. So I wanted to ask you, kind of being inside of so many businesses and so many business owners' heads, what are like the three things that separate the successful, profitable, happy business owner? contractor slash contractor and the unsuccessful, unhappy, unprofitable contractor. Yeah. Well, a couple of things come to mind, you know, right out of the gate, you know, the guys that are, that are successful versus those that aren't. And the first is we spent a lot of time helping somebody own their crap, 
<laughs> you know, we we've all have we all have crap. We all have our baggage. We all have our head trash. Yeah. And and before your business can kick serious tail, we have to deal with you. And I don't care if your business is forty million or five hundred grand. The business will be as strong as as the owner is. You know, depending on you know, because that that's going to drive the culture. You know, that leadership is going to drive culture, and culture drives you know a lot of other things that eventually lead to profit and the happiness and all that stuff that we were talking about before. So, you know, you got to get truthful about where you are. You know, who, who are you? Where have you been? What do you believe about yourself? Who do you want to be? You know, are your actions consistent with who you want to be? And if you're not willing to truly get real and, and own it at the gut level, and I don't mean like I'm disorganized. Okay. Nobody gives a crap about that. Okay. What, what is it that causes you to be disorganized? You know, what is it the root? You know what? Uh, you know, I had a guy, when I pressed him and pressed him and pressed him on that, I kept asking, you know, deeper questions. He finally was like, okay, I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, he owned it and he, and he finally owned it. So if you want to have any progress, you got to start with the truth of who you are. So that, that to me, right out of the gate is the most important thing. The second thing is the successful ones are willing to embrace the process because they see success as a process, not just a one-time event. You don't just, you know, yeah, we have those companies that have this, you know, massive growth right out of the gate. And, you know, I've seen owners get, what is it, deceived by thinking that they're all that when they're really not. It was just a bunch of other conditions that, you know, helped their success. I saw that outside of Chicago when the recession hit. You know, a lot of the companies, I mean, honestly, Brian, you know, if you were a contractor back before the recession hit. I was. I, Yeah, you know, if, if you didn't throw up on somebody when you showed up at their house, you usually walked away with a deposit check. I mean, because most salespeople, for instance, most salespeople were, were order takers. They were simply order takers because, you know, people had so much equity in their home and all this other stuff. And so, um, and then adversity came. And I think what was revealed then was what kind of business did a lot of people build? And 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 I I just I see I see it a lot on the sales and marketing side where, you know, you have to be willing to embrace the process. It's kind of like you know it's the old you've heard the motivational story of the Chinese bamboo tree, you know, but it's so true. It's you know you plant this bamboo tree and you water it and you fertilize and nothing happens for a year, nothing happens for two years, three years, fourth year still nothing happens. In the fifth year, the thing grows eighty feet in six weeks. And, you know, because you spent five years building a strong root system. And I see so many contractors wanting to scale too quickly before they're making sure that they're getting paid as the owner and their needs and their family's needs are being met. Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to grow too quick, which is hurting the culture uh, because then they start bringing on people that they shouldn't bring in instead of having some non-negotiables of their, what their ever, you know, what their ideal employee looks like or their ideal client. And all these things are the result of the deeper issue of not just seeing this whole business thing as a, as a process, just like, you know, um, you know, if you're building an athletic team or something. Yeah. I like that. So own your crap. One, two is willing to embrace the process. Mm -hmm. What would be the third? Well, I think, I think the third is, you know, You've got to um, you've got to define your own success. 
too many too many guys feel like they're not successful because they don't have a ten million dollar business, and they think that that sexy top end revenue number is going to be the um, the the savior for all their life's problems and things like that. And definitely, you know, life is better when you have more money. I'm not disputing that at all. But I just I would encourage you know the ones that are truly successful. They're the ones that are comfortable in their own shoes. They're they know where they're going, and um, and they're very clear on what success means for them instead of, you know, what everyone around them tells them that it needs to look like. So that one is a big one. I, I, that one is a really big one. I mean, they all are. All three of them are. But how do you know why you're doing what you're doing or where you're going if you don't have a really firm grasp on defining what success looks like to you. And I, and I know from my own experience, I chased after revenue, revenue. I wanted big numbers, big numbers, the bigger, you know, and I completely forgot about, well, wait, why am I doing this? How much money yeah. do I need to make? And how much money do I want to make? And why do I want to make that money? And it, I just right. kept chasing and chasing, getting bigger and getting bigger. And, you know, we passed 10 million and it's, and that, but then I passed 10 million. And it's like, shit, we're not making anywhere near the kind of money that we should be making. In fact, we went into debt to get to this, to this level of business, you know, right today, you know, I'd like to think I'm older and I'm more mature and I've got a lot more experience. Shit, I wish I learned this 20 years ago. You know, better late than never. You know, I'm a slow learner. It takes me a while. But now I look at I look at the world very different. I look at what what does success mean for me? Because I was one of those guys that compared myself because that's one of the worst things that you could do, right? I'm sure this is something you deal with all the time is that, you know, we compare ourselves to the next guy. And we look and we say, oh, he's doing $10 million. He must be doing awesome. He must be making boatloads of money. But you don't know what's really going on. It's like one of the worst yeah, things that you could do to yourself. It is, you know, and, and, you know, again, I, as I said earlier, a lot of what I share and, and, and my mindset comes from is just being a high school football coach for 16 years. But, you know, we tell our team all the time, you know, control the things that we have control over. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do your job. And when you control the things that you can, you have control over, then the scoreboard eventually lights up in your favor. And so, you know, you take that to the business owner, you know, don't worry about what plays the other guys running in his business necessarily. Don't worry about his, you know, what his pricing is or how his company structured. Sure. You can learn from other people. I'm not saying don't be a sponge and all this other stuff, but you know, mind your business, right? right? And focus on the things that you can control. You have total control over who you hire, who you fire, what clients you take on, how you price your work, what your systems look like, what the experience is like, the type of culture that you build. And if you just focus on those things, the scoreboard will light up in, in the way that you want it to. And, and listen, I, I am a, a firm believer that, you know, you need to make money. So let's just totally get on the same page with that. However, I think one of the biggest issues is guys don't take the time 
you know, cause we're, we're on, we're on the hunt, right? We're young and we're energetic and we're full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> you know, we're out to conquer the world. Yep. And then you wake up one day, and you're like, is this the thing that I want? And, and I encourage people just, you've got to get crystal clear on just going deeper and deeper and deeper. What do I want? What do I want my company to look like? What kind of people do I want here? What feelings do I want to have about my business? Uh, what does the money need to look like? And so one of the ways that you can do that, just kind of a quick hack here is, Think back to the last week or two in your business, and what were the things that really pissed you off? <laughs> you know, um, and, and just kind of take note of those things. When you walk onto a job site, when you walk into one of your meetings, when you, you know, there's just certain things that you just feel your your blood pressure go up and your neck turn red. I mean, I have those things. You know, for me, one of those things is if I walked on a job site and saw a messy job site in any way, shape, or form, I'd lose my crap. <laughs> you know. And I don't mean like violently losing my temper. I just mean inside, it would just burn me alive. Yeah. Uh, because I want to represent, uh, I want my people to represent my brand in in a way that that is head and shoulders above everyone else. You know, or think about the things that you're most proud of. You know, flip it on the other side. When you walk into your job site, you walk into your business, you know, um, you think about your day. Like if you have one of those days where, everything just feels like it's in place. That's a great indicator of you getting what you want. But so many times we don't, we don't take time to just pay attention to those things. You know, I, I've said for years, like, you know, something as simple as how, how often do we, you know, it's funny that I'm about to say this because those of you that know me, people that know me, I'm not, I'm not like a, a fluffy guy, but I think we don't spend enough time like, doing something as simple as looking up into the sky. Okay. We have this amazing universe above us. You know, I live in Colorado and I look up at all these beautiful mountains and nature and all this stuff. And yet how many times is, is my nose to the grindstone just grinding and grinding and grinding and I'm not taking the things in that are around me. And so it's kind of that, that same analogy is when you are in your zone, when you have one of those days that you're just feeling like everything's clicking, take some time and just go, okay, what is it about today? that is making me feel this way because I truly believe that is something or someone telling you like, Hey, this might be the path to getting more of what you want. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know what? I, I really like that you said, and we forget this in business. We forget it all the time. And that is that we are in control. We are in control mm -hmm. of who we hire. We are in control of who is, you know, who's around us. We're in control of our pricing. We're in control of the products that we sell. And sometimes I think too many business owners walk into their office and look around and are feel completely helpless and out of control. And it's like, well, this is the business. This is what we have. And this is what I have to deal with. Well, yeah. But man, you could make any change you want. You can fire anybody you want. You can replace anybody you want. You can up your prices by 50% if you want it tomorrow. Yep. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're a uh um we're a product of the choices we make. And so the you know, I was recently talking to, you know, somebody that's in one of my groups and and he just knew that this he had a couple people on his team that just weren't a good fit and he's known it for a really long time. And 
you know, we finally said, man, here's the deal. You need to walk away from here today. You need to go sit down and over the next couple of days, you need to write down what your non-negotiables are for somebody that gets the privilege of working in your business, working for you and with you. And, and that's not from an arrogant place, but this is like, Hey, if I'm going to, as the owner, if I'm putting my blood, sweat, tears, reputation, money, future, all these things that I'm risking, then I'm damn well going to set the terms of who gets to be part of the team. You've said non-negotiables two or three times. I love yeah. the term. Define that and give us a couple examples. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I I, yeah, I, I think I know what you mean by it, but I'd like you to define define it and give us a couple examples. Yeah. So the example I was just telling you, you know, this guy came back and he and he said, okay, here's my non-negotiables of somebody who gets to be an employee at my business. And the first thing out of the gate was they have to be a happy, positive person, like naturally. Yeah. So, um, so what that looks like is when you're interviewing somebody, if they don't walk in and light up the room immediately with happiness and joy, he, he doesn't hire them. Um, another thing he came back with was I need to have people on my team that are competitive because he's a massively competitive person and he has enough self-awareness about himself, and we've looked at, I mean, I've worked with the guy for a couple of years now. He's the type of guy that if you're not competitive, then he's just not going to respect you. And he doesn't want people on his team that he doesn't respect because that competitiveness and that massive work ethic of his is hugely important to him. And so he wants to show up every day into his environment of his business, knowing that the people here are, um, are as much are as competitive as he is. Now, doesn't mean everyone has to be like like you as the owner. Doesn't mean they all have to think just like you. But that was huge. Um, and you know, he went on and on to create these non-negotiables. And it was funny. He ended up letting a couple people go go uh, within the next week that didn't fit that. And literally overnight, his culture improved like like just quickly. Ended up bringing on another person to help him with some business development. And the momentum is going again because he got super clear uh, regarding who was a good fit for the team and who was not. Yeah. So I like that. I, I like that term a lot. And I would say to everybody listening, think about what's non-negotiable for you, whether it's you know, around people, around product, around experience, around any part of your business. Really sit down and think about what what's what's non-negotiable for you um i really like yeah, that a lot you know brian i'll give you another example you brought up time earlier you know like we chase this money but you know how much time do we have you know am i enjoying my time am i using it wisely uh, and things like that and and so another non-negotiable might, might be you know one of the things we teach in our sales academy is to take control of the sales process and so a lot of our students in there they have a non-negotiable that they will not go out and meet with a client until the client sends them a picture of what they of the of the house of the project or whatever. All right, so guy might be a um, you know a pond builder and somebody wants to put a pond in their backyard. Um, they if a client does not send a picture over, they will not run out there and meet with them because their process, which is non-negotiable, is that we're going to have a phone call first. And we're going to talk about your needs and your pain and your pleasure. And we're going to talk budget. And we're going to talk about all these things so that I, as the contractor, am not wasting 
you know, two, three, four hours of my life running out tap dancing for somebody who's not a good fit for me. And nor do I want to waste your time as a client with me stand, you having a, you know, set a time to meet with a contractor that's not a good fit for you. And so that's rooted in this non-negotiable uh, value in a company of we're going to respect one another. Okay. And so you have control, create those non-negotiables. Doesn't just have to be in your employees. It could be in your sales process. It could be in how you schedule jobs. You know, I have, I have a company, um, you know, on the East coast, one of their policies, non-negotiables is we never call a customer to move them back in the schedule. We only call to move them forward. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you know, and the way they do that is it's all on them to be Johnny on the spot when it comes to their scheduling and setting expectations up front with clients and, and things like that. So that their brand is now the brand where they're totally the opposite of the typical contractor who doesn't start on time, doesn't finish on time. But when they call you to change the schedule, the week of date that they do the work, they're only calling to move it up. Nice. So I think once you, so I'm, I'm sticking with your three things here because I, I, I completely agree. So, you know, what we've talked about, uh, and now is defining your, your own success. And, um, and then we talked about the non-negotiables. But once you know that, I think then it goes to back to the first thing that you said, which is owning your crap, right? Yep. Let's talk about that. I mean, once I know what I want, I look and I see, okay, this is the business that I've got. Isn't that where owning your crap kind of comes in? Absolutely. I mean, look at look at any relationship you have, right? If you have a spouse right now and you're you're – say your marriage isn't where you want it to be, you know, um, instead of pointing fingers at everything outside of, of you look in the mirror first, you know, what is it that I have to own about myself that has led to where we're at? And it's the same with your business. You know, you've got to get real. You have to take some time and maybe ask people that, um, you know, that you trust. I mean, listen, I, I did a leadership assessment and I had, I had some people take this assessment of me and it came back where, you know, this was just like, you know, uh, there were a couple results from this thing that were shocking to me, but it's because the people that I leaned on, they told the truth. And, and I had to own that. Like people see me as a, as a um, too aggressive type person. They see me as I have not a nurturing bone in my body. And, and that hit me deeply because I'm like, man, I care so much about the people that I lead. And I get so mission focused that sometimes I leave this wake of destruction behind me, all with good intentions. And I could justify that all day, but at the end of the day, I had to make a decision and go, okay, this is how I'm being perceived by people. So what do I need to own here? What do I need to embrace? What do I need to change? Because I now I have a choice to make. I can keep going the way I am, and or I can learn to um, be coachable as a leader myself and pave the way for my people and be an example for them of how I saw something in me that was holding our team back and I'm willing to change it because I, it all started with me owning it. So once you realize that most of us know we have things that, that we don't do well or we're, um, we're guilty of, but at that point it's decision time. You know, what are you going to do? You get ignore it or are you going to get uncomfortable and change it? Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, it's, it's one of the things I talk about a lot in, in, my presentations as well and here you know with the wealthy contractor is taking a hundred percent responsibility for everything 
in your life. You know, good, bad, ugly. It's all on you. Yeah. All results of, you know, decisions that you made. And, and the, the faster you embrace that, uh, I think the, the, the faster you can create the life that you want and the faster you could be, you know, a happy person. I think people that are responsible and own their crap, like you say, um, I think those, I think those people are happier, you know, overall because blaming the world and people and making excuses for their, their lives. Those are unhappy people. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, again, it, all I can control is me. Yeah. And so, and as a leader, you know, Simon Sinek has talked about this. This is something I learned in the Marine Corps. I believe one of the greatest qualities you can have as a leader is that you make the people that you lead feel safe. Meaning what that would look like here is if I'm the type of leader that owns my stuff, uh, owns my crap, takes it on the chin when I need to, um, that creates an environment where others are going to model that. And then others are not afraid to call each other on, on me, or call things on me when they see it either. And it creates this, this partnership instead of this dictatorship in your, in your organization. And, and listen, if you want growth in your business, I believe it comes down to two things. And the first is uh, growth is a product of the culture. And then it's, and then it's a product of the profit that you make. And both of those, both of those start with your leadership and being real with where you're at and being approachable and creating the type of environment where people are encouraged to be accountable. They're encouraged to, you know, say, Hey, my bad, I need some help with this. You know, when you do that, you're going to be so much stronger as a company. That's great. So Tom, we're up against, uh, up against the clock. I think we could, we could probably keep going. Um, so definitely let's, um, let's do another, uh, another episode in the future. But tell everybody real quick, um, and we'll put it into in, into the show notes as well. But um, get, give us, you know, like the real quick version of how you do your coaching, um, how people can find you. How do you coach contractors? You know, is it one on one? Is it group? Is it both? And then how do we uh, how do they find you? Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, you can just head to the. Uh, thecontractorfight.com. Why is it called the contractor fight? <laughs> well, well, listen. Um, that sounds aggressive. You know, it is aggressive, man. Because I, you know, I'm I'm tired of seeing crap jokes made about contractors, how we rip people off, and and how we're not reliable, and all this other stuff, and you know, and and so we wanted to. What I wanted to do was declare war on first ourselves and our own BS excuses. You know, I mean, we're the ones that have created that perception. And so the first the first battle, you know, that, that we have to fight in this thing is the battle that, to be respectful of ourselves and our in our trade and us as business people. And and um, we need to look in the mirror. And again, we got to own the stuff that leads to the perception of the trades of being, you know, less than or whatever. Um, you know, I'm tired of seeing contractors being beat up on price and held hostage by, by employees and consumers. Um, I'm tired of seeing, you know, contractors do, you know, beautiful work and make crap money or living deposit check to deposit check and on and on and on. I mean, how long is your, um, you know, it's uncool for kids to go into the trades and, and everyone thinks they got to go to college to be successful and, 
you know, too long that your family is suffering because you're not present physically, you know, so kind of the fights. Yep. Yeah. And, and so when the reality is, you know, we're, you know, the average contractor is somebody who's the backbone of what's going on here. We create beautiful things, we build things, we fix things, we beautify. And, um, and so we need to take back our dignity and have that respect. So that's, that's why we, we call it the contractor fight. And it all starts with making sure that you're the type of guy, you're the type of leader that you need to be. And so, um, you know, to answer your question, you know, we work with people, uh, a couple different group settings that we have, depending on the size of your business. We have our Accelerate program, we have our Contractor Sales Academy, and then I have a program called the Crucible, which is one-on-one uh, coaching where you actually fly out to Colorado for a couple days and we deal with your stuff. So you can learn more at uh, thecontractorfight.com if anyone's interested in that. Awesome. Well, Tom, thank you. I appreciate you uh, you being here and um, everybody listening. Uh, go to thecontractorfight.com. Tom is uh, Tom knows what he's talking about. He's been there. He's done that. And uh, until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com. Or just call us at 305-856-8788 to schedule your free, no-obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally... We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing. Group.